What's up, my name is Kevin. Uh, I go by the name The Lion City Boy. I'm a rapper from Singapore. Most of my stories are all like, you know, eye level, under the block, um, Singaporean stories. Uh, I feel like I've made a name for myself. I'm just, you know, telling my perspective of Singapore. Um, and I'm excited to be here, man. Okay, cool. But why, why The Lion City Boy? Why The Lion City Boy? I mean, the first part of it, okay, I... I I think there's a there's a whole huge conversation about identity in Singapore, you know, especially like us as Singaporeans, what are we? You know, really like that's the question. Like even five of your best friends around the table, we all look different, we all have different backgrounds, but we all can come together. I've always gotten the uh, like, you from where? You don't look like you from Singapore? Um, you Malay? Uh, I cannot uh, place you. My name is Kevin Lester. Uh, you know, I think like people don't, don't don't connect that as a Singaporean. So I'm a big fan of Kid Cudi and Kid Cudi just, I saw articles just calling himself the Cleveland Kid. So I saved the, an, you know, on Twitter, the Lion City Boy, just ran with it. And as a rapper at that time, I was just going by Kevin Lester, you know, in, in, in the band, uh, in the band scene that I was part of. But then when I wanted to make that, that jump to solo, I felt like I just needed a name so that people stopped that asking me that question. While listening to some of Kevin's tracks, I noticed that most of his themes were about everyday Singaporean life that made them really relatable. I asked Kevin if telling Singaporean stories came naturally to him. It was, but it was really hard to do mm. because, oh, I'm about to get deep. I don't know. Uh, no, because I feel like, look, so my, my, just go back really quickly. My dad's dad is an Indian man who only could speak Malay, um, who managed to tank up a Eurasian lady. Her name is Bonita Iber. You know, she was, looked very Caucasian. Um, then because of his environment, my father is actually, his Hokkien is better than his English. He's like, you know, that I think it was part of like, you know, that Abing, <laughs> you know, my father Abing, my bro, okay? Then he married a Eurasian lady. So it's like this whole thing, I feel like this is what the block was about, you know, to bring like all these different races. And I always felt like, wow, I feel like I'm so Singaporean because all these cultures are in my house at one time going. You know, the brothers come together, they don't look Chinese, but the Hokkien is flying in my house. There's like Kristang culture, curry devil everywhere. But like, people, I, people never uh, associated me as a, as a Singaporean uh, for whatever way I look and spoke. So it was hard to like, to like tell stories, but always continue to remind people, I am from Singapore, I am from Singapore, I am from Singapore. So as I learned to like write and like tell stories better, I think I just had like some, it was like a conscious effort to like, to, to make the stories as simple as possible. That's where the, I think I, I, I learned to write better. Lah. So it felt natural to me, but when I was telling it, I feel like I could tell people like, you know, you know, from Singapore, bro. You know, so it, it, it was hard to like, um, not just repeat myself to just always say, I'm from Singapore. I just wanted to, to represent who I was and, and my environment. Who got you into hip hop? Mm, I think my, I, that's my older sister. I shared a room with her. She was like playing Tupac, Biggie all the time. Bone thugs, you know. I was like, what is this? You know, it's like, this is really loud. It's like on her wind M player. Shout out to her. She was early download. <laughs> you know, she was like on that already before your know, torrents and all. And like, I think as she was out she was like a feist kid or whatever, you know. I would just scroll through her with M. And then I found these songs. Uh. And I think, like, especially Tupac, you know, I think, like, just the way he told the stories was very, like, I don't know, almost like poetic. 
and it was just it just seems so crazy to me how like I have no idea who this person is, but like I can feel what he's saying. And I think I really got into that. But maybe when I really got into it was like with the roots, with like uh the front man, his name is Black Thought. I was like, this guy has no bad verse ever. And like the art of it, he just made so so interesting. Uh. Another theme I noticed in Kevin's songs was the element of constantly pushing yourself and making it big. It's a common theme in hip-hop, with artists like Biggie, Jay-Z, embodying a larger-than-life personality that fans or even themselves can aspire to, with songs like Big Papa or Can't Knock the Hustle. I asked Kevin if pushing himself was one of his motivations to constantly create. Yeah, I guess because also, like, I've always being very DIY in a way whereas like, I mean it's just the, the way I like to create so sometimes like even the big studios like are very intimidating to me where it's like silence and like perfect like acoustics you know I, I feel like, oh, like there's so much pressure so I've always loved to go to studios that are in HDBs like most of my music is made with a producer named Flight School in in the studio in Bukit Ho Swee. um he taught me how to record properly, you know, and I, I started to have a studio in, in my own home. And it's just this idea of like, after this, these songs come out, right? Then I go play F1. I play <laughs> Elaine Way. Um, I play my my own little show at Kilo. You know, do all these brand things or whatever, but it's built from the block. Like I have a song called To The Max where I say, uh, I'm a threat working from a flat, hardest on the set. You know, it's like, I'm a threat working from a flat. Like, I want to, be proud of that. I'm a threat, working from a flat. Hottest on the track. When you see me, send a text in the flesh. Five for all, one for two it in the map. And cavilling back, bro, my work is on receipt. When they go to sleep. Even in the song, I say five for all, one for two it in the map. It's like literally the address code of my house that I used to stay. I just wanted to like tell people like it's possible to like create. You don't have to like feel you need like a $150 studio at this moment. You know, you can create anywhere. You can collaborate with anyone um, at any time. You know, obviously technology has made it so accessible. It can be done. And like that attitude has just always stuck with me. And I I guess it always creeps back into my songs. Huh? Regardless if it's about an old bike or like the president of Singapore. You know, it's, it's just those stories that I fall in love with. Huh? I have a song called Halima where I just love this. Uh, I think our president is like, uh, I think she just was announced that she was, that she became first female president of Singapore, right? So I made a freestyle on my IG. I just like, I put it up. Then it was like, should I do a verse too? Everyone's like, yo, 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 yo. I was like, okay, I'll complete this song. So I made it with everyone on, on Instagram. Then I bought her website also, which was a funny story. Then <laughs> it was all part of like, just me sharing this song. And then like, once it went out, like her, I guess people really got into it also. And I like her, her team sent me like, a, uh, through another person, a SMS. It's like, what is this song about? Can you tell us more? You know, they want to share it. I was like, the president want to share my song, <laughs> you know? But it never materialized. You know, it was just all questions. Uh, and then like, later on, I found out that like, there was a literal meeting because as an artist on the song, his name, uh, his name is Akim Jahat. His verse is in like Bahasa. So there was a meeting. Apparently someone had to transcribe what 
Akim Jahat's verse in Halima was about to the pre- to like the president's team. And to me, it's like, it's great. Lah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's getting closer. That bridge is not that far then. You know, it's like our lives, music, culture, our identity is like a bit more intertwined. And I've, I want more of that in Singapore. Just like how a New Yorker is, a Londoner is, you know, just for us to carry that, our identity everywhere we go. You see it in sport, um, in the States as well. But it, I, I, I don't see it here. But just to know that, like, the president has a, has a, has a story in music. I thought was kind of cool. That she went. There was a there's a Twitter video that did some some rounds that she she does a meet and greet right. She walked into a wedding. Then the DJ. He dropped Halima as she's shaking people's hand. Like it's Halima. <laughs> Halima. You can see the crowd behind. Everyone's like shouting Halima. Just for people to take on your song, I think that's the ultimate compliment as an artist. Uh, and that's all I want. Uh. I think you come from a very pure, um, like very pure creative spirit of just creating content and, and you know, just expressing yourself. It, is that what keeps you going? Like you just constantly want to create? 100%. Like in some ways, I mean, just maybe because this is a show that we need to talk about things, right? Like I've always felt like maybe, or some people have told me also like, if I stuck with a sound, I would have done, you know, more, like more things. But like, like what you just said, it's like that thrill of just expressing yourself, you know, just to, even to buy the, the president's website, to me it was just like, that's, I'm creating a story. You know, it's like just to teach some people a lesson. So it's like, you, you know, you don't scam people. You buy one year the, the subscription. This is a president's thing for, for, for what, five years, you know? You know, like, I just want to, to like look back and like tell a cool story, you know, and that's always where the the it starts. As a Singaporean, I've always wondered how a local rapper feels about imposter syndrome, taking on such a rich culture that was born overseas and making it his or her own. I talked about this in a previous episode with Bigot, and we'll continue to talk about this with Young Raja on the next episode. Here's Kevin with his take on dealing with imposter syndrome. I've always, I guess, yeah, you know, it, it is a borrowed culture. It's, it's almost learned. You know, I found hip-hop almost like in reverse. You know, I found out about like, um, I guess, like Tupac, Biggie, um, skip to all like your, you know, what you hear on radio. And then suddenly like, you're like oh, there's so much more I need to, to understand. And um, I think in terms of like, even the culture is like there's there's so much to it and it's so sensitive. Um, I think I I took many years to really like like even be confident enough to talk about it to to other people. But it has is a culture that I felt very at home with very quickly. Also, it's just the way it told the stories and like that 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 idea that um rap was. Was was born to, to 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 tell a message to like to speak on behalf of like a community to really share a story further. I I, I felt like very connected to that lah because even as minority in Singapore, it's like there are so many conversations that 
and this was when I was starting lah. At least there's no like social media, right? It's like there's so many stories that were untold, and uh, I wanted to to use this art to to express myself lah. Because sometimes even in conversation, I feel like oh, I don't know how to to talk to people or whatever. But it it helped me grow. But then I take him along. Like after now, you feel connected, like to the spirit of the music and uh, like why it was made and how you are using it, and to create your own. Then I felt, oh, I went through this thing. I'm like, how do I look? You know, I felt like, like, should I wear baggy clothes? Must must my must my uh, my my clothes be from like back then? It was like my sister's clothes were like cross colors and alien workshop, big baggy. You know, until now I don't know how to pronounce it. Is it Jinko or GNCO jeans? You know, those jeans are giant ones. And that must you have Timberlands? I went through all those things. I always felt like uncomfortable, but then came along artists that like. Didn't look like rappers to me. Uh. Like again, it was like I was lucky to find like Cudi and all of them, like mixtapes. They were very early. Um, even like um, fast forward to like now with all the like the, the Gambino stuff, the maybe um, Gold Link, you know, artists like that. I really see myself in. Then I became more comfortable. That's how long it took for me to be comfortable in a in a scene that I've been part of for so long, you know. Um, but I feel like the the thing that you have to be true to is like hip hop is almost a rap is almost a reflection of your environment. And now I, I feel like I'm more comfortable. Like just yeah, I'm a rapper, you know. I, I found my way in life. Have a family, you know. We. We, you know, the kids are in school. They all, they all look okay. We all normal problems. Like, like things here is super hard, you know. And uh, and I'm more comfortable in my own skin, being part of the scene, you know. It, but it's a constant conversation in my head until now, lah. Yeah, with like, especially like when the Black Lives Matter movements and all, you know, it's like, do I? What do I say? You know, like I, I'm. This this scene has like gifted me so many things, but you must I feel like always be open to like learning and having conversations with with the right people lah, so that you also know like where your place is. I'm not sure if like that's even answering the question or that's saying anything at all, but like that was how I've sort of like learned through and dealt with the with my own conversation about imposter syndrome in being a rapper. What are three lessons you have learned along the way? Three lessons I I learned. One is that you have your own path. You know, you don't have to be a like anyone left and right. You know, like you have your own journey. I think that's the most important thing. I feel like sometimes I ask myself like, how come I'm so lucky to be around? But I feel like I just keep going back to like like you said like the way I I I was always creating. I just felt like. This is all I wanted to do, and just I want. I was at peace with who I was going through this path, and I think that's super important. Like with social media these days, you know, you can see that everyone has their own circles. We there's this pie that people always think that like, oh, you know, we all so not enough, not enough of us to to share this space. There is so much space for each of us. You know, we have our own styles, our own stories. Um, people would connect, will connect with us differently. So I think that's one lesson: like you have your own journey. Don't you don't need to to 
to be anybody else. Um, I think in the in the style of my music, I think that's something I I learned that like the stories I told, you know, sometimes I I you tell stories through other people's eyes, and then like it's not clear, you know, like something Akim Jaha always talks about is like I think as a rapper is like you try to like shrink the story in like two lines, like you know already what I'm talking about, like even I was talking about like that uh, a song or two the max is I'm a threat working from a flat. I already told you already what this song is about, where it was born, what is this space, and what and and where this this when it when it ends right, like who this person was at the start, you know, straight away. I think that's an important lesson to like try to like paint the story very quickly to to people because I feel like that's how people connect with, especially with like with music that moves so fast these days. It's like you want to tell a story, tell a story. Tell it um, uh, clearly um, in uh, in a short period of time. That's how I sort of like started to create. What's the last lesson? Collaborate. I think I was very shy and very like nervous to like collaborate because I didn't understand my own power. You know what I mean? I always felt like, wow, everybody like so talented. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, what if I open my mouth and it's a stupid idea? And I was very lucky to have people who pushed me into collaborating. I was like there at midnight shift. I was there with uh, like listening to Syndicate with Cat, you know, in the hip hop scene, the band scene. I I collaborated with like eight other people to form a band, and these moments really grew me as a person and also as an artist because now you are forced to like like you are not one hundred percent in some way. You need to give up something so that for the better of like what you are creating together. So I would say, like, you have your own path, like, tell your story, and collaborate. As with the last episode, I'm always curious about how artists and creatives define the concept of selling out. My perspective has changed over the years. I used to view selling out as taking corporate money, being bought over by a bigger company, for example. But now, I view the concept of selling out as something more internal something that you have to come to terms with yourself. Balancing your creative integrity with whatever opportunities you can take that sustains yourself to carry on your journey as a creative person. Here are Kevin's thoughts on selling out, as well as a pretty funny anecdote that I hadn't heard before. So what does a sellout mean to you? I think that's a question that only you know the answer to. And if you cannot come to peace with the things you create, right, I suggest you not take that path. Be, and not look in the mirror and almost like say say it to yourself, you know? Because I think we all have those moments where we look at ourselves like, what? Like, who am I? What am I doing? So I I mean, I hope to never cross that that line. I feel like I've I've always come to points where like I've asked myself also because it's like it's so hard sometimes to balance out what you do as a you know when you work with brands and um the artist you want to be because it's money on the table bro you know what i mean so m- like i think like he- shake heikel is a great example it's like anything that heikel does right he is a rapper he is hip-hop he is um the person who who started this all you will always know that you know i think that's a testament to like how he does things also 
and he does everything you know he's hosted NDP you know and uh, I feel like that's who I want to aspire to to also like be in every space that you do it's like it's just always genuine and people can see that you are doing it because you are you so if you cannot say that you are at peace with who you are and when, when you are doing all these things then maybe you are sell out yeah you know when I had a moment once where I was like what the hell am I doing and like we stopped the whole thing so I was doing a, it was a brand for electronics okay suddenly during the shoot the person said we want to dress you up as Gandalf I was like Gandalf? <laughs> that was in the script what? <laughs> apparently it was uh, the Lord of the Rings boy yeah you know I was like what? and then they put on the the beard I was like because it's contractually am I supposed to do this now? because it was inside but we missed it and they put on the white beard and like there was a stick I could see coming I see the cloak ready but I was like I could not come to peace with that if this is something that like I did and it was for Ed I'm standing there as Gandalf I'm like the hell am I doing? <laughs> uh, and that was the moment where yeah I was like no so we we fought not to have that scene and truthfully enough in that scene in that moment like the the brand was there so they're like what the hell do you want to dress the line seat boy I was the Gandalf for what? <laughs> You know, they're talking, I'm so sorry that the, the agency is asking you to do this. I think that's the most, the, the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. So it's actually nobody wants to do this. But for whatever reason, like the agency thought like, this is what the, what everyone wants. And like, I think if, yeah, I, like that would be a moment where if someone would ask me, did you sell out at that moment? And if I wore it, I feel like I cannot answer anything else, but yeah, maybe I did. <laughs> you know, but... I, I will I promise you that like in every moment like I will always try like to speak to my managers like am I doing it correctly <laughs> is this is this too much maybe Singapore need a a, a Gandalf Kevin no luckily <laughs> they don't need but I mean to your point earlier so about being independent or like being a labor right you know that I feel like this is if you are if you are a young artist listening like be independent first don't jump to be in a label because you need to create leverage I feel like be independent for sure like like build your base like um, build your fans you know um, create a, co a, a connection and engagement that when you do need help and you go to the label right they need you more than you need them you know I feel I was quite lucky that when I went to Sony it was like somewhere there already you know I'm like, but why do I need you to, to get me a brand deal and like this person come to me direct nah, I get direct I pass to you it's weird you know so it's like it should come to a point where like you create for yourself first but a label can really help you propel yourself so you even if you sign it's not a sellout a story it's just like why are you going there for if you are day one artist and then you jump to the label then I think you don't know what you want because you haven't experienced what like you and your fans need. Awesome. I think we're done. Any last words? Shout outs? Uh, shout out to you guys for inviting me and for like, um, I guess, trying to help me tell my story also because I feel like there's so many stories to tell. You know, even this story, like where we are now is like, I feel, I want people to know that like all the 
every good story starts off in collaboration and like you know when you send me that text to like like you say you want to you want to talk about about hip hop you know you want to interview a different artist and um i feel like i just reply 100% because i i'm also a fan of you guys and i feel like if if you are out there and you you find yourself uh, an artist or you find yourself you uh uh a musician that you're listening to on Spotify you know make sure you you share that with a friend also because i feel like there's so much talent that is like undiscovered in a way you know because it's is oh my talking about already i don't know <laughs> rewind 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 <laughs> thank you for your hospitality for having me uh, for helping me tell my story um there's new music on the way new music that i'm very proud of also because like i'm trying to be a bit more vulnerable like on this new new path that's my journey right now and i can't wait to share with everyone um if there's an artist out there that is for you also um please go and check it out on spotify singapore hits uh there's so so many amazing um rappers that like maybe you don't hear or uh, often but you know like young guys like the from earlier records you know there's Kali there's Omar Kenobi there's like bars coming out um there is um unknown radicals asop cash um ROTB collective that's like really doing grassroots work i think these are the stories that also build the scene a lot of times people talk about a few names only and we I think we are also blessed that people always share our story but we cannot do this uh, we have not done this alone there are so many acts that that when i was a fan of watching when the chick i got tired and triple noise time there was like so many other acts like this s1 i was telling you about uh, who became access then freaky z um all these all these people played a very big part to what we have today in the scene and there's many more new acts that i think people should check out uh. so um go on spotify go on apple music um make sure you check out your local artists if you like it share it um thanks for having me uh. yes the line city boy on everything i made it very simple <laughs> but yeah new music on the way and i like after 2 years really happy to like finally say that it took me a while and a drop hard drive of songs that like will never go out to finally get to like this new sound that i found living in the east uh i i want to represent like this moment that i that after moving to my own space and that's what these songs will be about in the east hey everyone thanks for listening to this episode of under wraps i hope you enjoyed it as much as i enjoyed making it Stay tuned for the next episode with another good friend of mine, Young Raja. Ciao. Can you see him here with a pot already Roy tried tell me just the other day I should be the same side of him but I'm far away Wait until you see my money flowing like a February holiday ah. Start already Start already Start already
you're ready.